times they were different now. For the last few months, they were used to sitting in the stands and munching on popcorn as they watched God dismantle Egypt and their gods. For ten back-breaking plagues, Israel's God attacked Egypt's gods and won every battle. One to zero, two to zero, three to zero, four to zero, five zip, six zip, seven nothing, eight nothing, nine to zero, ten to zero. That was the easiest bracket in all of history to fill out. God wins every time. Then Israel sipped sweet tea as they watched a desperate, decimated, grief-stricken Egyptian army chase them down only for God to bury them in the watery grave of the Red Sea. It was time to celebrate. Miriam rummaged through the luggage, found a tambourine, picked it up, and she and her friends started to sing, and this is the song they sang. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. But times were different again. Sorry for the whiplash. Israel camped out at the base of Mount Sinai, no more army on their trail. They were finally free, and they were marching through the wilderness, heading for the promised land. Then they watched as their leader Moses climbed the mountain and disappeared out of their sight to spend time with God. But Moses knew better. He couldn't leave two to three million people all alone, so he left his trusty sidekick, loyal assistant pastor, older brother Reverend Aaron in charge. After a few days of Moses gone, the people started to get bored and restless. They knocked on Aaron's office door. Hey, do something, Rev. Pastor's gone. You're the man now. Make us gods to lead us. Aaron could tell they were ready to riot. There were millions of them, only one of him. So he caved. He set out a few offering plates, and everyone threw their earrings and bracelets and necklaces into the plates. And Aaron went right to work. He melted the metal into a golden calf. When the people saw the calf, they shouted, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. <laughs> Come on, guys. But Aaron nodded. They're happy. He's happy. All God's children are happy. Aaron built an altar in front of the calf to worship the calf, but not everybody was happy. God told Moses his people have lost their mind and the morality, and God was about to do something about it if Moses doesn't do something about it. And what is he going to do? Well, you're going to find out right after this. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I'm your host, and you're listening to The Difference on Simplify. When Moses finally reached the camp, he was appalled at what he saw. He saw God's holy people dancing unrestrained and unclothed in front of a golden calf just days after God told them never to make any graven images or have any other gods before him. Moses tried getting their attention, but how do you get two million people's attention in the throes of a party? Have you ever been that poor unfortunate soul at Chuck E. Cheese's who had the task of telling all the kids that it's time to eat? Hey, you tell a six-year-old it's time to eat while the game is spitting out 60 tickets just for him. So Moses looked in his hands at the two tablets of stone God just gave him. With all his might, he threw the Ten Commandments and they shattered into the first ever Ten Commandments puzzle. And that got their attention. It was quieter than a bank lobby on Christmas. Moses drew a very clear line. Either you're with God or you're against him. There is no middle ground. By the end of that day, 3,000 Israelites against God 
died at the hands of those who were with him. For Israel, this newly minted free nation, this was one of her darkest days yet. Times had indeed changed. Moses climbed back up the mountain, fell on his face before God, and prayed a prayer for the people that saved their lives. His prayer closes Exodus 32. God's answer opens Exodus 33. He told Moses to get away from that sinful sight in March. God told them he was going to give them all the land he promised them. He would still give them all the milk to drink and honey to eat. They would still get to raise their families, open their businesses, plant their garden, spoil their grandkids. He's just not going with them. He'll send an angel as a tour guide, but God himself is not going. They'll have everything they could possibly want. The only thing they won't have is the presence of the Lord. Now, Moses, I need you to think about this for a moment. Just, just listen. Hear me out. This could be much worse. You, you, you know that. God could be much madder at us. But we still get an angel escort to drive out all our enemies. We still get to live in peace in a lush land that flows with milk and honey. We get all the perks and promises of God, and all we lose is his presence. Come on, Moses, think. Can we live without the presence of God? Is his presence that precious to us? What if God made the same deal with us? Go ahead, guys. You can send out all the invites. You can update your social. You can unlock the doors, turn on the lights, sing the songs, give the offering, preach the sermon. You can have church just like you want it. You can sing as fast as you want or slow as you want. Preach as loud, preach as soft. Turn up the lights, turn down the lights. You can have all the music and messages your heart desires. I'll even send an angel to guard the door. But I won't be there. What do you think? Is the presence of God really that precious to you? Would you still want to have church without God there? Sing your favorite songs, listen to your favorite speakers, throw in a few stick dramas just for fun. God just won't be there. We could spend so much money on set design that Hollywood producers will come to learn how it's done. We could impress and entertain a lot of people. People would walk away wowed, but nobody would walk away saved. Is that a deal worth making? The difference between the building where you and your church family gather to worship God and any other building in your county is the desperate desire for the presence of God. We know it. Our world knows it. I dare say the Christian world knows it. I was at a conference when a very well-known Christian pastor was speaking to thousands of us. He had written more books than I have read, and he was talking about how we do church. And he made this statement. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish it was different. I wish we had miracles happening every Sunday. I wish we didn't have to spend so much time and money on our set design and production, but we don't have miracles every Sunday, so we do spend all our time and all our money on set design and production. But that's not what our world's looking for. In fact, a Christian preacher came to the United States from overseas. He was going throughout the U.S. touring churches and services, and he made an indicting statement about American churches. He said, what amazes me most about church in the U.S. is how much they are able to do without God. I don't just want to be another church having another service on another Sunday in another building. I want an encounter with God. 
Even if you have a steeple on top of your building, it doesn't make it the church. The presence of God, that's what makes it the church. So Moses broke out the hammer and nails and pitched the tent of meeting so he could meet with God. With every blow of the hammer and setting of the stake, Moses was sending a message to the children of Israel. Guys, we can't make it without the presence of God. We're just another group of people on the march through a wilderness without the presence of God. I believe that's what God is looking for. I believe that's what our world is looking for. Our cities are desperate for a church who is desperate for God, who a church who feels like Moses felt. Moses said, God, no deal. If you're not going, we're not going. And I believe God smiled because that was music to his ears, because he knew his people needed him. Now they knew they needed him. I still believe God still smiles when he finds people hungry for his presence. And God told Moses, that's what I've been looking for. Moses, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now that was music to Moses' ears. I hope your building has a steeple on top. I hope we have a steeple on top one day. But if not, or if so, we're just another group meeting on the weekends, paying a hefty sum to the electric company if God is not with us. But we are the unstoppable church of the living God when he is. So if we must, let's stop singing and designing and preaching. And let's start praying until we know our God is with us. It's his presence. That's what makes the difference. Would you please join me in praying right now? that the presence of the Lord would be so powerful, would be so real, so tangible. Every time we gather together as a church family, would you pray that the church where you call your home, where you worship God, would be so desperate for the presence of the Lord that we would not do anything unless we know for sure God is with us. Lord, I love you, and I need you. God, I, I can't even do a podcast episode unless I know you're with me. I don't want to preach another sermon. I don't want to hear or sing another song until I know you're with us. I pray today, God, be with us. We need your presence, Lord. Our world is hurting and broken. We need your presence, God. I ask you for a move of your spirit. I pray, God, go with us, lead us, direct us. Please don't leave us alone and help us never to walk away from you or to leave you. We are desperate for your presence. We're desperate for a demonstration of your spirit, a demonstration of your power. I'm asking you today for your favor, for your grace, and if there's anything we have done that has turned you away from us, God, please forgive us. I'm asking you today, Lord Jesus, be with us. I pray today if there's anything that we need to repent of, show us so we can be sure you are ever and always with us. I love you. We need you in the precious, lovely, powerful, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, Simplify listeners, for listening in to my little devotion here today and my conversation with God and, and overhearing it. I want, I need the presence of the Lord, and you do too. Thank you so much for tuning in. If 
If you've not yet clicked subscribe, hey, please do that. That will tell you every time a new episode drops. And if you can think of anybody who could be blessed by or benefit from this episode, would you please take a moment right now and share it with them? And I've got abundantly good news. Obviously, you enjoy listening to podcasts and enjoy listening to devotions. Well, I have just heard from my publisher that 10 Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments is now officially available on Audible. If you prefer to listen rather than read, well, I've got good news. You can listen now to 10 Words on Audible and just a little sneak peek, maybe in the future, Simplify itself as a devotional, not necessarily as a podcast episode, but as a devotional, will be also available on Audible. So please check it out. Again, share it with somebody who you think could be blessed and benefit from it. I want to thank you once again. We are continuing to climb, and we are right there on the cusp of 75,000 downloads now. I'm so thankful for your loyalty and listening and for sharing this as a resource as people build their devotional walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to mention a couple more resources that you can use to build your devotional walk with God. One is another podcast I have been blessed to host called God's Word for Life, and it is walking through the Sunday School lessons from Pentecostal Publishing House. They're excellently written. God's Word for Life is a great resource. So if you are looking for a little bit longer devotion each week, Just search for God's Word for Life on whatever podcast platform you listen, and I know you'll enjoy that. And one more podcast is called The Preacher and the Policeman. I have the privilege to serve as a police chaplain, and my friend, Lieutenant Andy Burns, and I host this podcast, The Preacher and the Policeman. You can also find that on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We do our best to share current events, mix in the gospel, and we try to add a heaping helping of humor. So those are some resources you may enjoy. Check those out on your podcast platforms. Next week, it's at least in these United States, Thanksgiving week. And I want to share with you a devotion called We Are Pilgrims. Thankfully, we don't have to wear the hat with a buckle in order to be a pilgrim. But I am looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.